Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the iniquities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness. For he is truly his brother's keeper and finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. Ladies and gentlemen, the Church of Laszlo has begun. Yo. Yo. What's going on? Not much. How are you, man? I'm great, man. How was your weekend? Good. Good. Snow cone? Wonderful. You uh, you guys do anything fun? No, not really. Did you watch anything good? Oh, Lazo, Friday. Yeah. When you were leaving here, mm-hmm. you had a gummy in your hand. I did. And you said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat this and watch uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. I did that. I said, I don't know if I recommend that or not. I did that. I've heard you shouldn't do that. You did do it. I did. You didn't tell me about it. How was it? I haven't seen it. Did you the freak movie? out? Yeah, did you freak out? I heard that if you're high and you watch it, you'll freak out. No, not oh. really. Oh. I mean, I watched it. I got like halfway through and I was like, all right, whatever. I don't get it. And so She's... I turned on something else, you know, some Denzel Washington. <laughs> something. I was like, watch this. Oh, was it be two, better. two guns? On <laughs> yeah, Netflix something, and... right? Yeah. I was like, all right, this will be better. Uh, but it wasn't because you were anxious or... No, was... I was like, I don't get it. Like, That's what I'm And then I of. went back and was like, all right, the next day I was like, all right, let me finish this. I, I got, I, I watched half of it. Let me finish it yeah. and just see what happens. And I don't know, man. Well, okay, well... I've had a buddy of mine. A buddy of mine recommended it too, and my said, brother said he it was great. After he and freaked and said, out. you know, I got choked up at the end, and so I was like, okay. And then I watched it, and I isn't it up for best picture? Or yeah, she okay? It is. And what's his name? Who played Data and Goonies? Mm-hmm. He's in it now. Yeah, and he was nominated for an Oscar, he won right? A Golden Globe for it, right? Oh, he did. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. Because Steven Spielberg said something like to him, and he years. was crying. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so is he good in it? I mean. Well, yeah, I think I the acting's good in it. It's is he his? Know, is he her husband? In it? Yes. Okay, and then what? It starts off like a normal thing. There's <laughs> a family, and you see them, and then what? They start changing universes. Well, yeah, I guess they're a family, and they own a laundromat, okay. and there's an IRS agent who's auditing them, and people are gonna be like, "You don't get any of this," because I, I part of me was like, "Maybe I'm not smart enough for this." That's like, what I'm worried about. I watched it, and uh. 
I guess the concept is that there's for every decision you make, there becomes a different universe. Okay, sure, I've heard that right? before. Of course. So yeah. then there's a million different universes, and then uh, I don't know. Then they, her husband comes back from a different universe, mm-hmm. and she has to help save the universe. Okay. And then they have what they call verse jumping, where you can jump from universe to universe. Okay. And they show you like all these different universes that she's in, uh, and with and all like the different, different mis- people, mis- all the different choices she made. But yeah. like some of it, like some of it, there, I was like, that's not not even a choice. Like at one point, they show like these hot dogs. Doesn't matter. But then she goes into a universe and everybody's got hot dogs for fingers. I heard something about this. And right. that was, honestly, I was like, I'm probably not going to get <laughs> but this. But then I was like, but she didn't make a choice. That doesn't have anything to do with her making a choice. She just saw it. So like, if she just thinks about it, that becomes a universe too. Oh, and then like, maybe. one of them, she's talking about Ratatouille. Like, you know, she's trying to explain it. Like the you movie, know, the cartoon. She's yeah, too, and she's like, you know, people control you. She's telling the people in this universe, right? Yeah, and it's like, but she's calling it raccoon cooey or something, and people <laughs> okay. are laughing at her. And then, like, there's a universe where a guy's actually learning how to cook with a raccoon on his head, and I'm like, I, but that okay. shouldn't make a decision to do that. <laughs> okay. Like, they're just all these weird universes that didn't. And right. so. It's a little sci-fi. That sounds a little sci-fi for either of us, but especially you, that doesn't seem to me like it would totally be your thing. Because it sounds like a Star Trek episode, honestly. Right. And then I guess, like, you know, I don't know. I thought there were, like, references to... The, it, someone said something about her being... I'm getting this wrong, but in a... That she's in maybe some of the Marvel movies. That's what you said, but I don't. But I don't know who she is. You know, okay, know. I've seen her in stuff. Uh, actually, I think she was in Star Trek for a while. But she I, was okay because she was the captain like at the beginning of Discovery. Actually, I listened to this Game of Thrones podcast today, and they mentioned her and said she was in Star Wars and The Witcher and yeah. Star Trek. Right? Oh, she's in Star, Star Wars too. Star, no, Star I think Trek. she's she might be in both. I think she was oh, in really? one of the Star Wars shows. That sounds right at least. Yeah. And when I was a kid, she was one of the Bond girls uh, okay. with Pierce Brosnan. Like, like I think Michelle. that was the first time. Shall, I yeah, I can't. I don't know. I don't remember her name. But once I looked her up, and I was like, "Oh, that she was the Bond girl." Because yeah. Pierce Brosnan was my James Bond as a kid, you know. Mm-hmm. So right. I saw those movies, and uh, she's been. I know she. I've seen her around, and she's been in a lot of stuff. But you know, look, I'm happy for her. But sure. I just seeing the trailer hey, for people, people talk it, about so it. I just feel like maybe you know. And then the end of it is you know basically like you know I made all these different decisions, but you know what I really want to be is here with you. You know, okay. To her daughter. Okay. And I'm like, okay. Okay. Uh, you know. So it's like an action adventure type thing. I don't understand but what I people think are part, crying and, about. And, and parts of it, it just gets weird just for weird sake. Okay. You know, like, they're like, oh, look, we have hot dogs for fingers. And then she's like, you know, even in the dumbest universe where we have hot dogs for fingers, we learn to use our feet. And people like playing the piano with their feet and stuff. I'm like, oh, well, all right. Who cares? Like, all right. Yeah, that doesn't sound like uh, something I would recommend to you immediately. Like, Lazo, you're going to love this. Which that happens with a lot of the Oscar movies. I'm like, boy, should I watch this? When I watched it and I did was like, well, maybe I just don't get it. Maybe I'm not smart enough for it and everybody else is smarter. And they're like, don't you get it? And I'm like... That's, no. that's I mean, I, I shouldn't say I don't get it. I think I get it. Like, I think I understand the premise and what's going on. It just didn't hit me as like, man, I need to rethink my life. It didn't hit me like that. Okay. All right. Because I've heard a lot of that. And it's right. like, this is, if I just saw a trailer for, and by the way, it's everything everywhere all at once is what we're talking about. Uh, if I just saw that trailer, 
I don't think that's something that I'd be like, I got to see this. It's not, it doesn't look like my cup of tea. But then people start talking about it. Then right. it gets nominated. Then it starts winning awards. I mean, big. it's nominated for big stuff at the Oscars. And seeing like Cornado Crackman, he says everything everywhere is really good. I thought it was the best movie of 2022. So like, what am I not getting? Right. Uh, now I kind of do want to watch it just to see because I, I feel like based on what you're saying, there's I'm not like gonna a lot get of stuff. Either. Like the the husband's like, you know, he he's like, oh, you know, he can just have fun in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. And she's always worried about stuff and negative and you know trying to change. So you know, he puts googly eyes on stuff and thinks googly eyes is funny, right? So basically, okay. like. You know, they're like, hey, you know, put some googly eyes on stuff. Have some fun. You don't have to be so worried about everything. All the time. I think that's what they're trying to get across. Okay. Right? And <laughs> okay. I'm like, okay. And the, like the, he, the googly eyes was like a pizza party on Friday, a whole crazy Hawaiian shirt. Okay. You know, he's the kind of guy that could, you know, have fun doing that. Right? All and right. she couldn't. She couldn't have fun no matter what. And she's always worried about her daughter. And like, it's like okay. I so it's it. a, is, it, is it a mother-daughter thing, too? Is that a big theme of it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe that's part of it. Because, look, I mean, you know. Not that we are incapable of understanding, but maybe because father-son stuff usually gets all of us, right? When we see those movies, it generally yeah. works. So maybe that's part of it. That it's no. Kind of more of a, no, that's no, not it. That's not it. It's more that it's like a long Rick and Morty episode and it's not funny. <laughs> that's what it looks yeah. like to me is like Rick and Morty traveling the multiverses, but people are talking about how they're brought to tears and how it changed their life and changed the way I think about things. I'm like, wow, really? And then I started to get scared. Like, boy, if it was if you had that type of existential reaction to it. It might cause a crisis for me. I don't know. I'm certainly right. not going to watch it high. Uh, and then you're telling me, like, I don't know, they got hot dog fingers and whatever, and, <laughs> and she loves her daughter. Yeah. I think that's it. Like, And then know. the daughter makes an everything bagel. It's like, okay. And, like, if everything, if you put everything, it, nothing matters if everything matters. And, you know, and no matter what you put on the bagel, there's still a void in the center if you look at it. Like, I feel like I got it's it. a lot of that stuff. Okay. Right. Like, I'm like, okay, I get it, but I'm not sure I care. Right. Right, not something you'd run out and say, to the next day at work be like, I watched this movie, you gotta see. No, I, and I didn't feel like, yo, I need to rethink my steps. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah, well, maybe you gotta be on mushrooms or something, I don't know. Uh, I watched both of the uh, Yellowstone spinoffs. Like, just sat for, I was, I was not feeling good this weekend. I just sat and kind of watched TV, even right. though I should have been doing something else, probably would have helped me a little bit. But we ended up watching all of that 1883 show, which I, I know you're not like a Western person, but right. because you like those shows that he yeah. writes, I think you probably I like I need it. to watch them. It's crazy like how much money they spent on it. it just, you'll be sitting there, all of a sudden, Tom Hanks shows up for one second. Oh, just okay. like, hey, and then he disappears. So there's a lot of that. And then that 1923 show, I feel like it's they're both Yellowstone prequels, but I think 1923 feels like there's a lot more Yellowstone stuff going on because he's already there. Okay. He's living in the house. You know, it's not finished yet, but it's the same spot and dealing with the kind of similar problems. Right. Uh, so if you know, if you want it to be, more I need like to that, watch it for sure. I think you'd like it, and I think it's still coming out. There might be one or two episodes left. Well, coming you out. Know. but I, that's and if I, I didn't get. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Like, please, you know, go to twitch.tv slash church and tell me what I'm missing. Because I'm great. open to it. But my buddy who recommended it, I ended up going to the bar with him, I guess, yesterday and having a couple beers. And I was like, all right, what am I not getting? He's like, no, I think you're getting it. And I'm like, all right, man. And you almost cried at the end because I did not. I was like, okay. See, like, I, like I, it's not that I didn't understand it, but it, I, I didn't. It wasn't that impactful. Yeah, but I cry easily. So if you've got someone saying that they almost cried at the end or did cry a little bit at the end, then I mm-hmm. that almost piques my interest a little bit. Like, what is so moving? Because watching the trailer, it just looks like kind of a 
sci-fi thing, but people on the on the stream. Basically, I think the end of the story is like nothing matters, and nothing really matters in your life. So, uh, but there are certain things that do matter. So quit reaching for success or all these other things, and you know, take a moment to appreciate being well, yeah. you know, having googly eyes and making a relationship with your kids and being more present in the moment. I think that's the basic. You know, what you're trying to accomplish okay. here. Which uh, is like the last thing I need to hear because I need to be playing like, a we, are, we know that, right? right? Like if you are always worried about how bad work is or chasing success or something else, something's got to give. And so you may not have the greatest relationship with your family or you might not have the greatest relationship at work or because, you know, you're chasing all these different things. There just happens to be in this one for every decision you make. There's a different universe where you're alive, living through those choices. Yeah. Okay. But I still don't like the hot dog fingers and the raccoon head. I think you're just putting stuff in there to be weird now. Right. Doesn't sound very lazo to me. But I guess of all of those things that are nominated, a lot of those things like Tar or whatever it's called with Kate Blanchett, I see stuff like that. I'm like, oh, I know people say they love it. But there's so many of those movies that you got to wonder, did you actually love it? Or did you think you were supposed to love it? Mm-hmm. There are movies like the the uh, Inish Aaron or whatever. What's it called? The the, the Banshees. Colin, of, yeah, Banshees of Inish Aaron. Yeah. I watched that. Good performances. Didn't understand any of it. I know that it felt exactly like something we would watch in junior high or high school, and then afterwards they would explain, "Hey, what were the metaphors here? Right. What did mm-hmm. this symbolize?" Mm-hmm. I don't understand that stuff. I'm I'm not like I don't read a lot of classic fiction. I'm not intelligent. So right. watching, I was like, wow, that was really boring. And maybe really Coronado boring. Crackman could tell me why the hot dog finger matters. Yeah, because all I could understand was like you, you may live in this world where things you know aren't easy or they're ridiculous, but you learn to overcome them. So yeah. like you you live with hot dog fingers. So you have to play the piano with your feet. Okay, well, that's just like overcoming and adapting. Yeah. I get it. But why do you have to have hot dogs? Right, but why Why that? And right. I, I couldn't put my hot dog fingers on why, <laughs> right. why she figured it out. The Church of Laszlo. What's going on? Not much. So can I just talk about how we tear up easily at stuff? Oh, yeah. Um, well, maybe hot dog finger universal. <laughs> right. Make you guys cry. What That's what intrigues me, though, to be honest. Because it's like, how can that make you cry? But, you know, if people are saying, and it's one of your buddies, too, you know. So yeah. I'm, I'm interested. I saw, I love polls, obviously. Big fan of polls. And I, since we were talking about movies, I saw another, like, a recent um, poll about what are the funniest movies of all time. Which they do this like every five, six years. They put out these polls for, okay, what's the funniest? And I feel like Airplane mm-hmm. is oh, yeah, usually at that. the top, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I know I've seen a lot of polls for funniest movie where it's at the very top. Now, I, I'll tell you right now, so I did not see on this list uh, Get Hard, which seems <sighs> ridiculous. Um, there, there are some movies on here that I think are funny, but I'm surprised that I'm surprised there's not more Will Ferrell, I guess is what I'm saying. Right. I don't know who you think is like the funniest movie actor we kind of talked about this a few months back but you know certain people just don't like certain comedians and so sure. it's not going to work for them no matter what the role is the performance it was weird to me when i met my girlfriend she's like i'm not a huge will ferrell fan i was like huh yeah i didn't know that that was a thing <laughs> right and yeah. she's like well i was this age when this stuff came out so then we watched some stuff and she liked it and she's like he's okay i was right. like that's crazy when i see him i'm I know ready to fun. laugh yeah i'm like all right this guy's about to make me laugh but you don't like um jim carrey that much no and so to me at least in his prime in the 90s i really thought he was extremely, like, really unique, funny. Um, okay. But I know he's, he's polarizing, so. But I mean, he, he's fine. I don't, like, hate his movies. I'm not like, oh, I can't watch him. But it's just a, you know, 
you guys get upset about like you know Ben Affleck being the same character. I'm like Jim Carrey is the exact like do not go in there. Mm-hmm. It's always like facial expression. Oh yeah, Physical crazy comedy. word, right? Yeah. Like, and, but it's and it's always the same thing. It's like okay, I get it. Yeah, the mask. But, I I know people love the mask. I didn't really like that movie that much. But I did feel like it was a lot like Ace Ventura, mm-hmm. just with a mm-hmm. bigger budget. I'm surprised that you and your boys don't like the Ace Ventura movies, though, because it feels like that just consistent junior high comedy right. throughout. You know what I mean? But I also don't know. I haven't watched it in a while, so I don't right. know if that stuff ages well. But I think I would, I would, put, I would put Dumb and Dumber up there, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I think funny. it's still funny. You know, I'll watch it every couple years, and it still makes me laugh. But these are what they voted on for the top 10 funniest movies of all time. So number 10 is Shaun of the Dead. Which I know people love those guys, yeah, and I watch those movies. I don't hate them at all. Yeah, I don't find myself cracking up. Um, yeah, but fine. yeah, they're fine. And if they put yeah. something out and it's streaming, like I'll watch it. Yeah. Um, what's his buddy's name? I can't think. Well, I can't think of his Simon. Right, Simon Pegg is not yeah. his name. And then yeah. his buddy. I think his buddy's funny, but it's just yeah. there's people who get obsessed when they put yeah. Hot right. Fuzz out and Shaun of yeah. the Dead, and they think it's the greatest thing. The the Alien movie they did with Seth Rogen, oh, which right. actually I think they didn't like so much, and I kind of liked that one. Did you ever see that where they? Know. He's like an actual CGI alien, and Seth Rogen voices it. And they're in a camper, like a, a motorhome, I think. Yeah, I vaguely remember I that. think they were like going mm-hmm. to Roswell. They're like UFO enthusiasts or something. Uh, okay, so Shaun of the Dead's number 10. Number 9, History of the World Part 1, Okay, which Mel Brooks is also polarizing. Right, sure. I feel like Mel Brooks is a little bit uh, over my head a lot of Same. times. Like I watch... Um, I just tried to watch Blazing Saddles not that long ago. Yeah. And I realized, you know, I was like 30 minutes into it, and I hadn't... I, I didn't really think anything was funny. And I'm like, I'm guessing that a lot of people would have laughed at a lot right. of stuff by now. Right, yeah. So I think it's over my head. Same with Woody Allen. Yeah, those two for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, you know, and I think if things... Look, you can't... I like both of them. Can't argue what's funny or sexy, right? Right. It, but, uh, and, but I like Mel Brooks like as a person. I mm-hmm. love watching him when he's being interviewed. I think he's really funny when he's, when he's doing those interviews, when you see him and stuff. But yeah, I'm not like a huge fan of any of these movies. I know people love Young Frankenstein. Yeah, I think they're just dumb, funny movies. Uh, he's making, I mean, the dude's like 90, God, isn't he? Yeah, he's old as But they're, ma- they're making History of the World Part 2 right now. Really? Yeah, and there's a wow. bunch of people. I think Seth Rogen is in that. So they're doing a follow-up. Okay. Honestly, I don't think I've seen all of History of the World Part 1. I've seen the Star Wars one. What's that called? Uh, uh, Spaceballs. Spaceballs. Yeah. People love yeah. that movie. I like that movie, yeah. too. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. that one I thought was, was all right, but... Again, that's one of those. That there's a lot of people that are just like Mel Brooks is the funniest of all yeah. time. Number eight surprised me because I do really like this movie. I think you do too, Lazo. But I didn't expect to see it. Grandma's Boy, two thousand six. Oh, yeah, wow, Adam Sandler's On buddies. Top 10? I know. Number six. That's, that's a really funny movie. Or number eight. I mean, on the list. Isn't that crazy? Two thousand six. When that movie came out. Um, it was 2006, obviously, and w- back then at the radio station, we did a lot of like movie premiere stuff. We'd work with the the theaters, and sometimes sure. it was the the studios, and they would give out, you know, hey, will you go premiere this movie? We'll let people see it a week early, whatever it is. Usually, what would happen is we'd go. I remember doing this with Anchorman. I remember doing it with a lot of M Night Shyamalan movies. Had to sign a contract right, saying yeah, I wouldn't spoil it. The end. Yeah, because they'd show it to us. Sometimes it was a day early. Sometimes it was a week or two, and you just fill the theater up. And then we would like give stuff out and say thanks for coming, and it was just you know like our deal mm-hmm. and. Uh, everyone who worked here would kind of cycle through. I'm like, hey, can, do you want to go do a premiere? Well, Grandma's Boy came up, and it was going to be at the casino, which I didn't remember right, doing yep. one there before, but they've got a movie theater. So uh, I actually passed it off, I think. And so back then, um, like the engineer that would do, you know, make the, the, the broadcast capable from the thing, I was friends with him, and he got to the casino. He was like, hey, what are you doing? I was actually gambling at the casino. So I should have just done the damn right, thing. Right, sure. But I was gambling at the casino. He's like, you've got to come over here. 
and check this out. This is not a normal premiere. So I get over there. The stars of Grandma's Boy are there. Oh, wow. both the dudes, Dante mm-hmm. and and the main guy, they're there. Wow. Uh, you know his Adam Sandler's buddies, mm-hmm. and they've got like a buffet. It's catered or whatever, and they're doing. They're just talking to everybody. I had no idea what the movie was about, so I was like, well, let's. I guess I'll just go watch it. So I went and saw it, and I thought it was hilarious. And I think that movie holds up. I think it's yeah. still pretty funny. I just watched it not long ago. It's, it still holds up. Me too. It's I think I, sometime within, since COVID, I know I was yeah. streaming on something. And you like it last yeah, time, yeah, right? Yeah, for okay. sure. Uh, number seven, Blazing Saddles. Yeah. Now, you're a fan, right? Yeah, I think it's funny. Okay. I should. I don't know. Maybe, you know, I guess I keep thinking, like, I should watch it again. It's I'll uncomfortably it again, funny. It's funny. There are those moments. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Mel Brooks, is just like anything, you love him or hate him. Number six is Borat. I don't think you would put that in there. Oh, Borat makes me laugh. It does? Okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What's kind of crazy about Borat is all that, you know, when they did uh, the Ali G show on HBO, mm-hmm. and he did all those characters, and then a lot of that stuff, I don't know if it ever aired. You can go online now and see so many Borat videos that I don't ever remember being on HBO. Right. And you just kind of forget, because that movie, once it came out, everyone's doing a Borat impression. Mm-hmm. Everyone's doing his catchphrases. It got to the point where, like, when you saw the movie streaming, you're like, oh, my God. It, w- it was too much. Yeah. It burned a little too hot. Yeah, it's like Anchorman. Right. But then you go back and watch those clips. Yeah. I mean, right now. Those, those are funny. They're funny. And uh, all of that stuff that he did as, as Borat, all those interviews on, on the street and, you know, interviewing people at the horse races, it's yeah. good. And the movie just found a way to take that and turn it into, you know, a movie. But right. it is funny. That's in my top funny. three, for sure. Top three? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it's good. Uh, did you guys like the sequel at all? I've kind of almost yeah, forgot for about sure. that. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. Same. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Number five. The dancing with the debutantes made me laugh. Oh, yeah. That's, that's super mm-hmm. funny. Uh, number five is Top Secret, which also surprised me. Yes. With Val, Val Kilmer. So that's like uh, it's like an airplane kind of movie. It yeah, it's the same, same guy. It's Lindsay whatever. His name okay. Is. Okay. So it's very, uh, what, what do you call that? Airplane. Uh, yeah. It's Lindsay uh, whatever. Lindsay. Buckingham. No, no. no. There's, there's a couple guys. That, one's got a Z in his name, right? There's someone with a Z in there, I want to say. Lindsay Graham. Uh, Ladybugs. But it's that same kind of, what do you, it's not tongue-in-cheek humor, it's, uh, oh, there's a term for it. It's like slapstick, kind of. Yeah, and, it, and it's slapstick, but it's all, you know, uh, if, if you like Airplane just or Naked Gun, out of nowhere. it's just like same Airplane, thing. Naked Gun, all yeah, those all movies those, that they did. All the same. It, that, that, this one Lindsay just has, Nelson. Lindsay Nelson. And this one just has Val Kilmer in it. Mm. Uh, and he was good in it. He was. I didn't see that. I think I was older when I saw that. Like, heard people talking about how great it was, and somehow I'd missed it, which is weird because I watched so many 80s movies as a kid. Are you talking about Leslie Nielsen? Yes, that's it. Oh, Leslie Leslie Nielsen. Nielsen. Okay, Naked Gun. Is he in Top Secret, though? Those are all his kind of movies, yeah. Oh, yeah, that kind of movie, yes, absolutely. I I think it's the same people who did that. I think it is, too. It's Airplane Guys. I like it, things. I love that. Uh, uh, And what was the show called before Airplane? They had the... uh, the Naked Gun movies it was oh, or show it was named after uh, whatever their police department was called anyway uh, those they definitely Jerry have their Zucker, own Zucker yeah. that's what I was thinking of Zucker yeah it's definitely got that feel I honestly though didn't know for sure maybe I've looked it up but it, I couldn't remember if Top Secret was their movie or if it was just police styled squad? like Police Squad yes thank, thank you thank you Poncho uh, I, I, you, if you told me that it was like no it was just a rip off of those guys I'd be oh, like okay, okay but I I don't know. It's the same thing. Oh, Jerry Zucker did Airplane, Top Secret, okay. The Naked Gun, okay. all those. They're all the same. All okay. the same kind of movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, my best friend Chalon, like, those are his. I love that's Naked his style Gun. of. He loves those it's movies. so funny. Loves all of them. Talks about them still to this day. Uh, number four is Airplane, which is surprising because that's Again, usually number one. are all Jerry one. Zucker movies. Yeah. yeah. That's usually number one. But uh, it's number four on this list. Number three, Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Really? That's wildly funny. I did not see Tropic Thunder until about two years ago. Okay. I like 
Ben Affleck just fine. But his big comedies, yeah. I was like, he's not he's not my funny guy. You know, don't hate him. Just like it's not my thing. And I like for what meet it, the parents a lot. I started to open up to that as I get a little like, like when it first came out, I was like, oh, I mean, Paris is stupid. My dad likes this movie. But then I like, as I get older, I actually watched ben it. Ben Affleck. Ben uh, Stiller. Sorry, not Ben Affleck. Okay. Ben Stiller. Uh, but yeah, I, it had all those people in it. Somehow I missed it. I wasn't protesting necessarily. Sure. I just wasn't all that excited about it based on the trailer. I finally watched it like a year ago. And it's kind of crazy because it keeps coming up in the news to this day. Ben Stiller just made a comment about yeah, it like a week he ago. By it. Yeah, he's like, I'm not apologizing for right. it. Because it was like rumors that he was going to apologize. I don't know how that happens. How does that rumor start? He's like, no, the whole point of the, that's the whole point of the movie. Watch it. Which I think the funniest line, at least personally to me, I thought, was in the trailer. And it's when... Robert Downey Jr. is in blackface. He's got the full costume on. He's talking to another guy, and he's like, uh, somebody says something about, oh, I'm sick of you people. And Robert Downey Jr. goes, what do you mean, you yeah, people? Right, and then yeah. the actual black guy goes, what do you mean, you people? <laughs> yeah. There are definitely some very, very funny moments in that movie. And uh, that whole thing is really – I wonder – I honestly think that the, the current uh, environment that we live in with all the kind of wokeness and stuff that rears its head, it, it might have made it a little bit funnier, to be honest. Because you're like, oh, this is a little Yeah, you know, a little I know people are saying they couldn't make it now. I think they could make that movie now. I he think it might be could. more popular. Yeah, exactly. I right. think now you do that stuff, it's like, oh, I can't believe right, you said exactly. that. Right, uh, exactly. Number two, Dumb and Dumber, mm-hmm. which definitely I would put in my top three, I think. Mm-hmm. Number one is Shocking. I don't know that I've ever seen it in a top ten for best comedy movies, but it's, I think it might be Snowcone's favorite movie. I know it's one of your favorite movies, if not your favorite movie. Groundhog Day. No. Oh, that could have been on the list. There's no Bill Murray at all. Super bad. I love oh, yeah. Superbad. Super Number bad, super one funny yeah. movie. And I was like, you know what? That's a good call. Yeah. I think of that That's as like That's definitely my top three, for sure. I think of it as like a high school movie or whatever, which it is, but it's also a comedy. Yeah, it's great. And yeah. I think it's super funny. So, super bad. That's definitely my favorite, one. you know, coming of age high school movie. Like, yeah. Hands down. It's like my, my generation, I guess. Yeah. I would say... I would throw like a Chris Farley movie in there, Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy is and, good. And I would throw Anchorman in there. I just, but Anchorman, I think, is one of those you almost had to be there because it's a, everyone yeah, started talking to. like Anchorman after that movie. You so if to. you heard people at school talking like that and then you see it in a movie, I'm kind of a big deal. Yeah. We'd never heard it that seems before. Like Walmart shirts. Exactly. Now. Exactly. Yeah. And you're like, okay, that's real funny. They sell yeah. those shirts at Walmart. So I, mean, I think that's what happens. It's like me and Animal House. There, there's a lot of people who are like 10 years older than me say right. Animal House is the greatest I movie ever. It, yeah. And I've never really got it. But I think if you were there at the time, it would make sense. What would you put on the list, Lazo? I don't yeah. know. There was just stuff that I, you know, there was no, and I don't know if they should be on it, but, you know, there was no Eddie Murphy movies. Yeah, you know, Beverly Coming Hills to Cop. America, mm-hmm. Beverly Coming Hills to, yeah, Cop, those, man, you know. Life with him and Martin Lawrence. That's, that's, that's your, that's your that's Eddie Murphy movie, right? That's favorites is Life. That's amazing. You're the only person I, I ever said that. that movie. Lazo, what's, what's yours? Are you more of a Beverly Hills Cop 48 Hours or uh, yeah. Coming to America? What, what, which one's your favorite? Coming to America. Okay. Yeah. And see, I, I, I prefer Beverly Hills Cop. I Trading love that places. movie. Oh, yeah, Trading Places. That's, yeah. That, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. No Eddie Murphy. He does Eddie deserve Murphy. to be in there somewhere. Yeah. I, you know, maybe even more so than Chris Rock. I hate to say it. Just because, uh, no, Chris Farley, because he didn't make a bunch of movies. You I know, thought around long um, Office Space, man. Office like, Space. I can watch that's that over and over again. That should be in there. And that's it makes good. me laugh. Yeah, like, it's the, still it's just funny. It's still funny. Absolutely. That's one of the first DVDs I ever had when DVDs came out. And I watched was it. Office I think Space? I the only DVD I had. And I got a DVD player, and I watched it every single day for like an entire summer. You know, I think all of his movies are hilarious. Yes. Uh, yes. And I there's did, no the uh, like Breakfast and- Club... Yeah, they Ferris do. Bueller. Yeah, yeah. I was a you know, and those are good. Those are coming of age. I don't know if they're wildly funny. They but show they up are more funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? They show up more in those high school, you know, best movies about high school or yeah. whatever. But yeah, you're right. Eddie Murphy deserves to be on there. I personally think that Chris Farley deserves to be on there, just because Tommy Boy to me is, I think, 
Tommy Boy might be top three for me. I don't know. Do you guys? The forty year old virgin. Right, and then there's no Judd Apatow. Oh, super bad. I guess is is right. that uh, did Apatow do that with them? Uh, I don't probably. know. Honestly, I think of just Seth Rogen doing yeah, it and his, and his partner. But it's it's not an Apatow movie in the sense you know what I'm talking yeah. about. It was more of a Seth Rogen whatever yeah, his partner's sure. name is. Uh, so yeah, he didn't have anything on right. there. Knocked up. This is forty old school. Knocked All up. Old school. Knocked that up is great. Old school solves a lot of problems because mm-hmm. now you've got Vince Vaughn taking care right. of. You've got Will Ferrell, which is kind of crazy to me that he's not on this list somewhere. Right. And I think old school, like if you're going to pick a Will Ferrell movie, that's, you know, between that and Anchorman, you could, I think everyone would let one of those slide. And if you say Anchorman wasn't funny to you because you were a little bit younger, old school's still funny, yes. right? I think that, that one's still What's works. the one where he's a southern senator? <laughs> oh, yeah. The, uh, the, the campaign. The campaign. Love that's it. wildly L- funny, man. Love it. And I, the first time I saw it, like, this is okay. And then like, no, this one was where I saw it again later, and I was just dying laughing. Uh-uh. I bought it. I own it on Amazon. So funny, man. <laughs> so, funny. so funny. It's right next to Get Hard on my list. The Church of Love. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yo! Yo! All right, what's going on? So I saw people who were talking online um, who got divorced. Mm-hmm. And these people had been, I think that all of them had to have been married a pretty long time. That was like, okay. hey, if you were married a long time, and then you got divorced... What happened? Like, what was the story? What went wrong? You know, what was the moment? Mm-hmm. So anyone who's been divorced 
if you think back, I'm guessing there's a, a moment, right? Sure. You're like, yeah, what was that moment? Oh, yeah, I remember. Right. You might even try and not think about it. Like, I hated that moment. Right. It might have just been that you caught someone cheating. Right. Because they, you know, had iMessages on their iPad and all, everything was coming through while you were out. You know, they were out and you were home just seeing the stuff pop up, just pictures sure. and everything. You're like, well, obviously, this person's cheating on me, so hard it's over. Hard to right. get away from that one. Right. So one of the people said that they were married for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. And the husband ran into his first love from like junior high, high school. Yeah. Like the first girl he'd ever dated. She says he'd never gotten over this girl. Yeah. So he's like, I'm going to get, I want to get divorced. They get divorced and he marries this girl immediately. Yeah. Immediately. He's, she said they hadn't seen each other for 40 years by the yeah. time he saw her. And he was like, oh, you know what? I'm done with this marriage. And well, wow. I'm going to marry the high school sweetheart. I'm like, years. wow. Ne- yeah. They've been married over 20. He hadn't seen the girl in over 40, she wow. said. Yeah. That's crazy. You, is there anyone from your past that you feel no, like No, but I just over? think that's not, that would be okay. That would be better than a lot of other ways or reasons why people get divorced because you just have to be like, look, you know, it's not that he didn't love me, but this was a th- like, mm-hmm. you know, like there are different degrees of love. And these people haven't seen each other in 40 years and they finally do. And he's ready to get rid of everything and her too. Yeah. And they just get married. Like that was, you know, there was something there more than what we had. I feel like that would be easier. It would be hard, but it would be easier than, you know, oh, you know, he gets drunk on the weekend and bangs strangers. Mm -hmm. Right. Right? Like now, you know, you know, he doesn't really care about your relationship all that much where this one's like, Hey man, I love you, but I, you know, this is it. Like I've always loved her more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's I get what you're saying. It's it's definitely better than for a lot of people. The divorce you see it coming for a long time, right? And things start to suck. And but it's difficult because it's going to cost you money. You're both going to have to get lawyers. But that whole time, you kind of know it's coming. Maybe you haven't even mentioned it yet. Then you start. Then the word starts getting tossed around. Right. To me, those you know, that's like kind of the worst case scenario. Where it's like we want to get divorced, you know. We're trying to make it work for the kids, or we just don't have money to, you know, yeah. for one of us to move out or whatever. So you just add each other all the time, yeah. and you're trying. And so there isn't necessarily that one moment, other than oh, someone got served. Okay, well right, now it's yeah. official, right. but you weren't surprised in any way, shape, right, or form. No. Like you knew, you knew it was coming. Um, one of the people who's on here is a, a lawyer, or at least a paralegal. Say he worked at a, a law firm that only did like family law, basically just divorces. He said at one time they had about eight clients getting divorced after over 20 years of marriage. And they were all high-ranking military men whose wives came out of the closet mm. after all their kids had grown up and moved out of the house and the guys were getting ready to retire. Mm-hmm. The person says, I thought it was so weird, but I guess for whatever reason, the women thought that their duties to their husbands and families were coming to an end and they wanted to live for themselves. So I know, um, I guess I know why different uh, time, but I was so curious why they were all attracted to military guys. Like if they were I they were there? They're lesbians, I, I don't know. Like, right. My thing is they're gone. And you right, hear so about then that you can have a lot, your right? Exactly. Lesbian affair, I guess, yeah. and no one knows, right. right? And when you know about, there's a lot of affairs. You, I see it constantly in these true crime things. If someone goes off to war, then she has a kid with somebody else, and oh. like God, it's just. Con- I mean, look, my dad was engaged when he left, and uh, by the time he came back, she, she was like, she ghosted him before you know internet. Yeah. It was like he couldn't find her. Like, where'd you go? We were supposed to get married. Um, I, I think that's happened to a lot of people, you know, and not just men, but women too are in the military. Oh yeah. And I don't think, I don't know, but like Lazo, if the Gulf war hadn't started when you signed up, yeah, which is great timing, uh, you still would have been gone somewhere most of the time. Right. Like even if you'd been, well, in a I ended up being on a boat that wasn't okay. 
So, so if someone was dating you, they would have been able to see you somewhat yeah. regularly. Okay. We, like, we would go out for like a day maybe or a weekend because it was so small. Yeah. We weren't out for like six months or anything like that. So, yeah. But, I mean, there were times, like, I remember, you know, I was young going to a party. Yeah. And, like, walking in and one of the guys on my ship is with the wife of another guy. And that guy's got duty that night. So he can't. So they're. I remember being like, wow. And not that I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to tell somebody. I just remember right. thinking like, man, this is a combustible situation. <laughs> right. Like, yes. you guys are like, I mean, it's not you're on the same boat together. Like, yeah. you see That's... each other every day. Yeah. And like, so the one day he doesn't, he can't come home. That's the day you go to his house and bang his wife. Like, I wasn't mad at Adam, but I was like, wow. That's that's risky, Starting man. some drama, Absolutely. right? And he's having a beer with me. He's like, "You got to be quiet," because he didn't know I was going to be there. And right? He's like, "You got to be quiet." I'm like, "I'm not saying." Well, I'm anything. not going to tell anybody. That's for sure. I'll talk about. I'm trying to figure out what day both you guys will be on the ship. I come <laughs> exactly. over by myself. Like, I didn't know this was an option. <laughs> right. No, no one invited me. Part of the thing too, I think, with militaries, you see so many of these where this happens. I'm like, man, you guys were like basically high school sweethearts. And, you know, these people join the military, they're young, they're 18, 19, yeah. 20 years old. So a lot of times these are their first serious relationships and they're like, hey, I'm going to leave, let's get married so that there'll be this commitment yeah, yeah, yeah. before I leave. And it's like, yeah, but you're still leaving and now you've got this 19-year-old girl at home alone. Well, and the truth of the matter is even more so, you, you, you get paid more if you're married. Oh, well, that, like at least when I was that. in, like if you get paid, you get paid more if you're married. You get paid more if you have kids. Like they, okay. you know, if you're single, you get paid less. I was always like, well, I don't really understand it, but Man. it's not enough for me to get married, right? You, right. Like I right. wasn't the oh, I cash difference someone. at you yeah. know seventeen, but I was always like, why does this guy get paid more than me because he knocks somebody up? But whatever. Yeah, I don't know. But it's... I'm guessing also if you get married, you know, it's a you know, I, uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of the word, but you know, an incentive. Uh, for married guys to right. join, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, and for some guys to say, "Hey, we might as well get married before I leave." Yeah, and then you can live in the houses. The houses are paid for. Right, right. that's a big you know? thing too. But then you know, I don't know how long these people can be gone at a time. I mean, can't they be gone a couple of years? Like you just don't see them for like a, a, over uh, a year, maybe? Well, yeah, I mean that I would be average, a lot. That's a, that's that would be that's a extreme. lot unless okay. you know it's wartime or something. Well, that's what like if they went to Afghanistan months, or Iraq or something back, yeah, then you would be gone for a long time. Okay. We were gone for oh, I was gone for over a year. All right, but I think like a normal time, maybe three months, six months, maybe the most. Yeah, but uh, somebody could. Those some of those ships, man. Like you know, they would just they'd be gone all the time. They'd be gone for six months, come back for a week, and then go again. You're like Jesus. I thought that's what my dad said. Basically, they were doing because they were out on like in the coast of Taiwan, and he basically said he lived on that boat for four years. Uh, and I know they docked over there sometimes, but he made it seem like he was basically gone, and that that's why his fiance just kind of disappeared on him. Yeah. Um. Again, we're talking about the the people who are telling stories about getting divorced after long marriages. One of the people said that they got married, you know, like started dating someone at 17, got married way too young. By their 30s, they were very different people. And by 40, this person says, I'm starting to ask myself, like, can I do this for the rest of my life? Right. You know, it's like I'm just just rolling with the punch here. Right. And I'm not, I'm not happy at all. And for a lot of these people, they said that if they got married young, the big thing was the fear of being alone after a long marriage. Right. I don't know what living alone looks like. And a lot of them said therapy was it. They go to therapy, and the therapist is like, hey, um, remember you've got friends? Remember you've got parents? you got siblings, right. whatever it is? Like, you can do this, and that that gay, gay, you know, gives them the courage to say, you know what? I can't do it. I was just scared to be alone. Well, Which, I was scared to be alone, too. You were? 
Yeah, for sure. I was like, man, I hadn't, but then it happened. And then, like, I told you, like, the first After month, the I was like, yeah, Come the first on. month, okay. I was like, oh, man. I'm sad and lonely or whatever, but after a while, I was like, it's, it's, I don't mind it. It seems like it suits like, you. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm like, I really don't. And I know I have buddies like, well, aren't you going to get in a serious relationship? Don't you want? I'm like, mm, I don't think so. Right. You know, like, I don't, I like being alone. Yeah, and your kids are your life. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're, if you're a little bit of downtime, you might try and watch an Oscar-nominated movie or whatever, but, right. you know, I would say almost every day, you're doing something with your kids, um, yeah. you know, with sports or and all that. They're talking to them, or whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I do all the stuff that you're supposed to do in a relationship. I do with my kids in the sense that, like, you know, I try to wake up even when I don't have them at like time when they're getting up to go to school and just text them, "Hey, have a great day today." All that stuff that you should probably be doing to make a marriage happy or work or whatever. Yeah, I'm doing it with them. So. Then if somebody else is like, hey, I just like that, I'm like, I'm already doing, I got, you know what I mean? Right, like, right. It, it is a weird thing, but yes. I'm just not. I get what you're saying. I'm not ready to do all that other stuff for somebody else. No, you know? you're not a, like, when someone texts you and says, hey, you know, uh, I just need you to talk to me at least this much. This was just yeah. happening to uh, my girlfriend's sister talking about, you know, someone saying, hey, I just want to talk. You need to reach out to me. You need to text me at least this many times a day. And I don't know how common that is. Right. But that seems like the kind of thing I just imagine if you're getting those texts, you're like, I don't think, I don't know. You want me to text you five times a day and just, you know, check in or whatever? Right. It seems like that's... And who knows? Maybe I still have PTSD. I don't know, but I just, I don't mind that time. Like, right. I really don't. I mean, I think people think you're joking, but if you're in a really bad marriage, there right. is some PTSD. Oh my God, I don't want to do that again. Right. What if it happens again? Obviously, your ex-wife, when you met her and you started dating, it's not like... You know, no. things were going well. Right. So in your mind, you still think, hey, just because things are going well now Mm-mm. doesn't mean that this can't turn into the exact same thing, which is where you hate me and we're right. screaming at each other. I saw one. And at some point, you continually, whether you want to or not, or anybody wants to admit it, and both of you guys are in relationships, but at some point, you are just putting one foot in front of the other. Yep. Meaning, like, I'm going to trust that this is the right next step. Mm-hmm. And this right next step may be. I'm going to spend more time with them. Then the next right step is I'm going to move in with them. The next right, all these things, yeah. right? Whenever I get to that, I'm like, I did the right next step already. And it ended up being the wrong step. Eventually, it was the wrong step. So yeah. I'm not all that interested in to continually blindly take the next right step. I'm like, well, I'm not really taking any steps. Yep. I'm going to stand here for a while. And you're not afraid... I think Snow Cone, you know, sorry, Snow Cone, you, you may disagree, but I think Snow Cone and I are kind of in the sense of like putting one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you know what? Um, it's not so bad. Figure it out. I, someone might say, well, you should do this. You know, you should you should sell your house and do this big thing. You know, it's a big life-changing thing. And I'm like, oof, boy, no, that, that sounds scary. Right. To me, and so a lot of times I need a partner around to be the one that's like, hey, you should do this. Hey, we should just to kind of motivate me. I don't think you need that. I think that's part of your, yeah. um, part of the difference. You're, you're not afraid to say, you've never been afraid to say, that's why you ran a radio station for so long, to say, hey, let's take a risk. Yeah, Let, Let's for do sure. this. I can do this. Not to say that, you know, your ex didn't make good decisions for sure. you in your life or help you make good decisions. My ex the same. But I just think you have it a little bit. Where a snow cone, maybe I'm wrong, but I think you and I are a little bit more like, uh, you know, hey, let's just try and, Try and get through this. What do you say, huh? No, no problems. We don't need any big, big changes on I the think horizon. If I, from like, uh, not that it's bad, but I think from a third party perspective, both of you guys need teammates. Yes. Yeah. yeah I you like having teammates. A teammate. You don't like yeah. being alone. Yeah. I and like so you could make that next right step. It's 
you know, making this step to you guys is bet. Like, let's go forward with this, yeah, because it's better than being alone, right? And I, right? Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, oh boy, I, you know, I'm the opposite. Like, I'm not going to take that next right step because I'm not scared of being alone. Like, it doesn't. I, yeah. I'm not. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I really enjoy the teammate. Like, right? You yeah, said. yeah. I like having something to do at night, having someone to talk to, having a built-in like you know friend. It's yeah. yeah it's and great. my girlfriend travels for work, so she'll be gone for two or three days a week a lot of times. And you know, when she first leaves, it's like okay, and watch some movies, go to bed. The next day, it's like oh, get some housework done. But honestly, by the second day, I'm like okay. I, I, I haven't said anything to anyone in two days. You right, know what I mean? Right, I right. want I really want her to come back. Whereas yeah, that I don't think that, yeah, I don't think that bothers you as much. You know, no. you joke around about it, but I think you're fine with that. Where I'm happy when she comes home. Like, mm-hmm. yes. You know, yeah. this is a good feeling. What do you want to do? Let's watch something together. It just yeah. feels I don't know. Yeah. I'm also um I'm more willing to, you know, compromise. My brother has said to me straight, he's like, I don't like relationships because I don't like having to compromise mm. anything to make someone else happy. I want to do what I want to do. So obviously that means I can't be in a relationship. And I think that's fair, right? You say, hey, yeah, you know, this is the decision I think I'm there's making. a lot of things that go into it. I hear what he's saying. I think like um, I come in here every day and I do a dog and pony show. Right. Right. And then, and I don't mean that it's being fake, but you're, you know, you're on. You got to be on. And then I have my kids. You're on. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, hey, look, you know, you're on. And then, to me, like adding another human being to that is like, oh, there's another time that I got to okay. be on. I, gotcha. I don't want to be on all the time. Gotcha. I'm busy enough. I got it. And I know, you know, yeah, some days do I get lonely? Sure. But, you know, this weekend I didn't have the boys. And I think, you know, finally around Sunday I went and met a buddy at Johnny's and we had a few beers, watched the Michigan game. Heard the sound of your voice again. Good enough. Yep. <laughs> yep. Good enough. I'm like, cool. The Church, the Church of Laszlo. It's time to doom scroll with SlimFast. What you don't know could kill you. Murder hornets. Herpes infected monkeys. This is Headlines on the Church of Laszlo. Yo. Yo. All right, what's going on? All right, we are doom scrolling, baby. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I have a little bit of fear of airplanes. In my 20s, it was real bad. I, I didn't fly till I was like 19 or 20. Had no problems with it. Okay. And I think my first flight was overseas. It was a long flight. And I was like, yeah, this is fine. And, uh... At some point in my 20s, I started to get a little scared. Something happened on one of those flights. And I think it triggered this anxiety, like, oh, what if something happens again? Uh, and so I'm really interested in these airplane close calls where they interview the passengers and like, hey, we were scared. Like, were people screaming? Were the kids screaming? This Southwest flight was leaving Cuba. I think it was going to Fort Lauderdale. Uh, but it was leaving Cuba, and they hit birds, which I still don't understand how birds – how is there not a way to – Keep those birds away. You know, some sort right. of guard that pushes them away. Like trains have those big scoops on the front of them to push cattle out of the way and stuff. How can they not push these birds away? But because uh, that's what took down the United flight, right? With mm-hmm. Captain Sully. Sully. So they had birds in both engines, I believe, because he lost all power, mm-hmm. right? And had to glide that thing in the lake. Uh, this airplane, one engine blows up. There's video. You can watch it out the window. It explodes, makes a terrible noise. Everyone's screaming. They had to turn around immediately and land back in Havana. High drama in the skies over Cuba as smoke filled the cabin of a Southwest flight after departing from Havana for Fort Lauderdale. The airline says the flight was forced to make an emergency landing back in Havana after an apparent bird strike on the plane's nose and engine, the engine catching fire. A big explosion, and the plane just shook. And then it dropped. It was a, very terrifying because a lot of kids and a lot of women. Why did they say that? It was terrifying because, you know, there's a lot of kids right, and a lot sure. of women. What about me? Right. What about me? I'm scared, too. Yeah. I, I don't want to die. They're like, oh, yeah, well, you mean, dude, you're a 40-year-old guy, whatever. Yeah, whatever. No, no one cares. But what about these women and children? If it was all dudes on the plane, I guess, like, oh, forget about it. We'll just crash into the ocean. We don't deserve to be here anyway. 
I know you've been on one where the it was bad, it was so bad that stuff came out. There was another flight this week or this last week. It was one of those pretty big private jet, like one of those Lear jets, and uh, the turbulence was so bad. They made an emergency landing, but it killed someone in the plane from their injuries. Oh, they yeah. weren't buckled up, and they got injured that badly from turbulence. Ugh. My thing is, I'm always looking at everybody else. I always assume everyone else flies more than I do, and so I'm waiting for them. And of course, you can watch the flight attendants because yeah, they obviously you can fly tell all the when time. They get nervous, and I'm just waiting for them to get nervous. But I've never seen them get nervous. They were nervous on my flight. I'll you bet. Tell. I'll yeah. bet that doesn't sound yeah. normal at all. But I've definitely been on flights where other people start to get nervous. The business people and start to hear the screams. I'm like, oh god, this is. I just kept reading my magazine. This is unusual. I can't. My hands just start leaking sweat everywhere. My well, I just kept thinking to myself, like, oh, just read his magazine. There's nothing you can do, man. I know that's the problem. And I just was like, all right, there's nothing you can do. You're in here. Just read your magazine. This thing, if it if it crashes, it crashes. Like, yeah. what are you going to do? There's nothing you can do. Right. So just keep reading. I don't know how and to... It was, I'm not saying it was easy to, like, focus. Yeah. But, yeah, that was my thing. It was like, keep reading, you'll be all right. Just keep reading, you'll be all right. I... I when I first started flying, like, I just I think had full confidence. said, it's full down. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, I think I would just been like, keep reading. Right. Keep reading. Just keep your mind off. Like, whatever you can do to distract yourself. And I said, there are people that can do that. Uh, especially people who probably fly all the time. But, like, when I first started flying, anytime there was turbulence or whatever, in my mind... I was like, this is just like a bumpy road. And I'd right. look out at the airplane. And I'm like, the engineers that made this thing know what they're doing. They're very smart people. They're much smarter than me. And it was kind of that feeling you have as a kid where adults will take care of you. Even though I was an adult, I still kind of had that feeling like, they're engineers, though. They're right. very smart. They're pilots. They're very smart. They're smarter than you. They'll take care of this. They're not nervous. And that's how everything was until the lady had the seizure. And for some reason, that changed flying for me. And I got huh. so bad, I could barely even fly to Vegas. It was terrible. And I had to do online... Uh, like anxiety for you know coaching classes on YouTube where this former pilot teaches you about how to be less anxious and what's causing mm. your anxiety. It worked. I'm, I know it's crazy, but it really did work. I watched those videos and like, he's right. He was saying, you know, what happened to you when you sat in that space? Something happened that made you anxious. Now, every time you get in that space, you think this is a spot where I've been anxious before. So it's kind of like if you run into your ex, you know, you're like, oh, this could go poorly because right. it's gone poorly before. So, uh, yeah, it's crazy, but watching YouTube videos helped me. But if I was on that flight, the Southwest flight, if there's that much smoke, I watch videos. Smoke in the cabin, never a good sign. No, smoke in the cabin you and you're over the water, like, hey, how close are we? Can we turn this thing around? And then that engine blows up and makes a terrible noise. Not interested. John Morant. I did not know his yeah. name until this morning. You didn't? Nope. I don't know. I don't watch basketball at all. I don't watch a lot of it, but, I mean, he's... He plays for the Memphis Grizzlies, right? Yeah. So... And he's good. He's really good. good. Okay. I, they said he's good, but I was like, well, they always say that when someone makes the news. No, he's legit. Okay. So the story today is that he's in trouble because over the weekend, he went on Instagram Live and he was dangling a gun in the video, a, hand, a pistol. And so he's supposedly in a public place, like at a club. So the team does not like that. They suspended him for a couple of games, but they also said, we don't necessarily have a timeline for when he's going to be back. And real quick, two-time yeah. NBA All-Star, All-NBA Second Team, NBA Most Improved Player, NBA Rookie of the Year. Okay. So he's, so, like you said, yeah. he's legit. So he's in trouble for dangling this gun, and he gets a suspension. Then he basically comes out and says, you know, I apologize, I need to take responsibility, and I need to find a better way to deal with my emotions or anxiety. It sounded to me like he's saying I need to quit drinking. It's kind right. of what it sounded like, and his coach said some things that made me think maybe that's what they're hoping for. But 
Then you tell me, when I brought up John Morant earlier, that there's another story, which I found, and we'll get to in just a second. The Memphis Grizzlies have suspended all-star guard John Morant for at least two games, while the league investigates a video shared on his Instagram Live early Saturday morning. In it, Morant is flashing what appears to be a gun inside a nightclub, holding it to the side of his face. Morant has issued an apology to his family, his teammates, his coaches and fans, saying he does take full responsibility for his actions. The 23-year-old also says he's going to take some time to get help and learn better methods of dealing with stress. Stress. Doesn't that go. sound to you like there's, he's saying, I, you know, I, that, that last part to me sounds like yeah. I need to quit drinking so much. But uh, he, so he, apparently he got in, in Memphis. Uh, he got into a fight. Yeah, so you told about that. Mm-hmm. The headline says John Moran allegedly punched teen a dozen times, flashed gun, according to police report. Yeah, after the altercation, Moran allegedly went inside his house and came out with a gun tucked in his waistband. The 17 year old's mother later took the boy to the hospital and filed a police report. The police report also alleged that Moran had threatened a head of security at a mall located in Memphis, uh, which happened four days before the fight with the 17 year old. In the report, it said that Morant's mother got into a verbal altercation with an employee at the Finish Line store inside the mall, and she subsequently called Morant for backup. Morant then entered the mall with an, in, with an entourage, at least nine people, was confronted by the head of security. Morant refused to leave the mall's parking lot. Authorities later arrived at the mall. As the group was leaving the premises, Morant allegedly stated, let me find out what time he gets off. A member of Morant's pushed the head of security, who intended to file the report, but he felt threatened by Morant's words. There you go. Yeah, so they said that that was like a pickup basketball game. And the in 17, his backyard, I think. Okay, and the 17-year-old threw the ball, and it hit Morant in the chin. Morant even said, I think his statement was like, it was self-defense, because he gets hit by the chin. The 17-year-old says the ball hits him in the chin. It wasn't intentional. And then Morant gets mad, he comes over, and he's looking at this kid, and he's asking his friend, should I do it? Like, should I beat him up? Right. And the kid claims that these other kids are like, yeah, do it, do it. Right. So then he allegedly starts punching him. Kid says he's getting hit you know, on the other side of the head from some other kids, but that Morant punched him like a dozen times, left a huge knot on his head, and his mom took him to the hospital. Yeah, if I get... And then the fact that he went into the house and came back out with this gun in his waistband, you know, which is obviously... He's showing it off to you to, to threaten you. I just don't problem. understand. All right. Maybe, all right. Well, I get this fighting the 17-year-old. I get pushing the security guard. These are things. But the gun in his Instagram, why is that a problem? So the NBA has a rule about it. So even though there's open carry. There's like guys carrying machine guns in Chipotle right now. Why are we busting this guy's balls or taking an Instagram picture? Unless and didn't it say, you're not allowed to have. Well, he was in Denver, I guess. So, so you, yeah, in Colorado. Maybe those are the laws there. But like the idea that he's carrying a gun. Right. We're allowed. I mean, look, you know how I feel about it. But we're allowed to do that. Yeah. If but, I took a picture of me with a gun in here right now, nobody would say a word. I don't need a license. I don't need anything in right, Kansas. Right. I said so, it's sitting on the desk on our Twitch stream. It's not right. Many people, some people might be shocked, but not illegal. Right. So what I read is that in Colorado there is open carry, but there are different, um, you know, laws or whatever requirements based on like county or city. They didn't say specifically if he was in a spot where you can't do that. But the NBA has rules about guns. And the way I read it was basically the NBA says you cannot have a gun on you if you are basically on. Uh, you know, team property. Like if you're at, if you're pr- practicing, okay. whatever, no guns. But well, he was at a strip and, club. And it also said if you are traveling, basically for work. So if you're on the road because you're playing games, whatever, you can't bring a gun with you. The NBA says no guns. 
That's the way I read it. That that's okay. the rule. You can't have guns with you basically while you're doing business with the NBA, and that includes traveling with them. So that sounded to me like even if you're out at a club later okay. that night, that maybe he's breaking those rules. I don't know. But it also sounds to me like he's saying from that. Where's the NRA on that? Like, why are they that saying the NBA he can carry a gun? Yeah. yeah, and how does the NBA tell somebody that the NBA can't take away your Second Amendment? Yeah, can can why is the NRA not fired up? I'll tell you what, because he's black. That well, that's the thing. It's like, oh my gosh, did you see what he did? And I'm like, what about the white guy who did a Chipotle in right. front of all those people? I don't know. That's just right. Like that right. guy that you know, the guy can walk into Chipotle with an AR, but John Morant can't. Right. Why? Right. Uh yeah, I mean, I thought. But the I don't same like thing. either one of them. You know, no, I know. I'm just saying. What? What? What's the difference? I don't know. Can a business say? Uh, you know, you can't bring guns to work. Second Amendment, right? I don't believe you so. can't bring it to work. I thought maybe they could. So we could bring guns here. I would think so. Yeah, that might be. I don't know, but I wondered the same thing. But then I read that NBA I rule. Hope so I felt like the reason they posted the like NBA. seven of them. I'm I know right you now. do. I know, and you need practice to use Strat. them. Honestly, I'm worried about practice you. using yeah. them. Yeah, you need a little more practice. Let's go okay. out there and shoot at the cars that are passing. Listen to me. Video game warrior. I was yeah. actually in the military. I know. I probably don't need a lot of uh, practice using well, sorry, them. Just I'm saying we need to fire. You need to fire him more. Fortnite for 72 million <laughs> hours doesn't mean that you know how to use a gun better than me. Okay, no, that's not what I'm saying. Sorry, I don't even mean practice. I just mean you need to shoot him more. You always bring him, and then you never use him. We could at least fire him in the air or something. I don't know. Okay. Well, anyway, I only so shoot to kill. Shoot to kill. That's it. Well, I'm shooting a target. <laughs> right. I need to shoot a target. I, I have pr- targets. They're practices. all around. <laughs> They're all around. The church. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Laszlo. It's time to doom scroll with Slimfast. What you don't know could kill you. Murder hornets. Herpes infected monkeys. This is Headlines on the Church of Laszlo. Yo. Yo. What's going on? All right, we're finishing doom scroll, my man. All right, let's do it. Got to talk about a couple of deaths real quick. Uh, you know, in, in memoriam or in okay. memorial, what do they say? Uh, Snowcone, this one's for you. Gary Rostein, dead at 71. The last living original. Leonard Playwright. <laughs> Leonard Skinner member. I oh. think he wrote all those riffs that everybody. For me, I know the guy is. He wrote all those riffs that everybody knows and either sure. loves or hates, and uh, Kid Rock used to get rich. Overnight, the music world celebrating the life of Leonard Skinner guitarist and co founder Gary Rossington. Jacksonville, Florida native, founded the iconic Jackson- Southern Rock. I know they're from Jacksonville. Yeah. It still surprises me every time I'm like, yeah, they're from Jacksonville. Because if you're not, if you're from where I'm from, the middle of the country, Jacksonville, Florida's. Florida. Then when you drive down to Florida, you're like, oh, northern Florida is more like Georgia. Yeah. So when you hear when that I from lived Florida. There, Jacksonburg is what okay, we called it. Okay. And then as a kid, you hear that Leonard Skinner's from Florida, and I'm like, oh, they're They used to show up to bars and play. Okay. And guys from Molly Hatchet would just show up at, you know, at the bars at the beach, hammered and play. Yeah. But it's the South. Like, a lot of people feel yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. the South. I guess depending on if they're transplants or if they're from there. Like, right. maybe if they're from there, they, they, they feel like they're Southern. Yeah. I don't really know. I've never been there. I lived there for a long time. I know you did. I dated a Van Zant. You did? Oh, mm-hmm. that's right. You said that. Yep. But you didn't have like the draw. No, she worked at a bank. Yeah. Mm. I was wondering. Like, like a, one of our, one of their nieces. 
Well, uh, okay, so Gary Rosenstein founded is the iconic Southern rock band in high school with his friends Ronnie Van Zant and Bob Burns. Rossington helping churn out hit songs for the band, including one of their biggest hits, Sweet Home Alabama. Sweet Home Alabama. Never heard. He was in a band by himself, too. (laughs) Who? Gary Rossington? Rossington Collins? Oh, they might have said something about stuff he did afterwards. And he did tribute stuff with other members. There was stuff after that. I know he was in Rossington Collins. Uh, Remember when we found out after working with someone for 20 years that our, our old boss is like the world's biggest Leonard Skinner fan. Oh, and that guy t- right there. Yeah. Took vacations. Do you know that snow cone? Who? Like, took vacations. Um, Bob. Bob is? Yeah. Really? Took vacations to, like, go see. I don't remember. Didn't he go to the site of the plane crash? I know he's a Rush fan. Right. I know. Yeah. that He's got posters. I know yeah. that. But, yeah, he likes Leonard Skinner, too, so much huh. so that he, like, went to see. Lazo, wasn't it the plane crash site? Isn't that where he went? Yeah. Okay. And then he went to some other wow, I Leonard Skinner. I had no idea. I mean, we had known him for a long time wow. before we discovered that. Uh, you know, I can't. I don't feel like if I had, had something like that, you guys would know it about me already. Another in memoriam, uh, Detroit native Tom Sizemore, dead at 61. Actor Tom Sizemore died Friday following complications from a brain aneurysm he suffered last month. Sizemore, often known for playing the tough guy, sharing the big screen with some of Hollywood's biggest stars in hits like Saving Private Ryan, Black Hawk Down, and Heat. Well, you know, for me... The action is the juice. Sizemore had been in a coma since February 18th, his family ultimately deciding to take him off life support. Guys, if I'm in a coma, yeah, immediately unplug it. I might be having bad dreams. I don't want to have bad dreams. I don't want to feel trapped in my body. Yeah. I don't know what happens when you're in a coma, but mm-mm-mm-mm. I've had sleep paralysis. and I'll give you a handy. <clears throat> so you feel better. They can't be having bad dreams then. That's a very uh, soap opera thing for you to do, just walk in and... Close the door behind you yeah. and see if I'm still... Okay, and if it works, then you're like, I'm not pulling the plug. Yeah. But if it doesn't work, then you're like, pull the plug. Exactly. Okay, fair enough. I'll that go way, with that. way, because I know if you're having bad dreams, you won't anymore. Right. That's true. It'll turn into a good dream. Right. Oh, that's a good idea. You, Why see? doesn't... You think someone's done that? I'm a, sure a friend someone's... Who's in a coma? I'm sure somebody with a coma's had their wiener played with. Positive. Yeah, it's probably illegal, Positive but... it's happened. I mean, if it's a wife or a husband... I can't or, imagine it's illegal. Right. Well, I mean, they're, they're, a, not, they're not consenting. It's a doctor. Right, right. But if, you know, it's your husband or wife, right, I'm sure. I feel like then, huh. probably, you know, just trying to make sure that you're not having bad dreams. All right, that's fair. I, this The Tom Sizemore thing is absolutely a Mandela moment for me because I would have sworn everything that Tom Sizemore died like 10 years ago. Oh, no. Maybe longer. I guess I looked back to figure out why I thought this. It was he got in a bunch of trouble. There was accusations that he had uh, assaulted like a teenager. I, there was a bunch of stuff and a lot of issues with drugs and alcohol. I thought he died, but anyway, he died this week in 61. If you're in a coma that long, it's like your sibling. Do you pull the plug? If they haven't said anything, if they don't have like a living will. Yeah. I mean, to me, I just, I I know people get mad about this because it's a very, but whatever the doctors say. Right. Yeah. If the doctor's like, this ain't getting better. Right. Then, you know, I'm like, okay. And there's, I mean, here we go. Yeah. And why? I'm not going to do it on my own. Yeah. And be like, yo, we should do this. I'm going to, whatever the doctor says is the best next move that's what i do yeah what happened with my dad you know and i wasn't there but my mom my sister called me and said you know hey this is what the doctor said and you know if he can they don't think he'll live if they pull the plug but you know he might and i was like well, what does the doctor say the doctor says we should do it well, okay yeah uh i'm not a doctor yeah i mean just take a look at me also I why am i in jokes the- i'm I- trying to get in there to give you a handy to right. make your dream better i'm right. sure 
That's a good idea. I don't. This is solid. I want to talk to a doctor. I'm not joking. It's not. I'm sure it's not what doctors do, though. No, know. I know they can't do it, but I do think like along the way. Yeah. I mean, I saw that that 60 Minutes or whatever it was documenting about the the kids that were on their way to see Fleetwood Mac like in 1980 and hit a patch of leaves, and that kid was in a coma for like 10 years. I mean, hmm. you got to do something. I didn't, I didn't right? see that. Oh, it scared the s out of me. It scared the s out of me. Going to just see Fleetwood Mac? Yeah, I think they were going to see Fleetwood Mac. Hmm. Yeah, and. uh I don't remember the story, but yeah, and then he was like basically a vegetable for however many years. I don't think you're allowed to say that. What? Vegetable. Oh, you don't say that anymore? I don't. Oh, uh, he, uh, sorry. He was comatose. <laughs> yeah. He was unre- unresponsive. I don't think you say he's a vegetable. Uh, sorry, he was unresponsive. Jesus Christ. Sorry. I thought that's what you said. I thought oh, that was medical, but it's not. a guy in the 60s, for Christ's sorry, sake. Sorry, yeah. Pull it together. He was, he, was, he, was, he was a vegetable. He was unresponsive. Okay, let's not make well, a big just thing about it. it. I didn't. I, you said it, I said it once. You yeah, keep saying it. Yeah, but I'm calling out that you said it. Right, so you're making a huge deal I don't think you're allowed to say that. So stop saying it. I didn't mean to say it. Well, you did mean to say He's it. He's unresponsive is what I should have said. You didn't like you stumbled over your words. I thought that's what doctors said. Called the guy a vegetable. I thought that's what they said. That's not cool. Do they not say that anymore? I can't imagine. I thought they said like this, hey, you know, how's your husband? He's a vegetable. I thought no, that, I don't. I didn't know. Not, okay. No. All right. No, I no, no, no. I didn't no. know. I will He's not say it again. That's not cool. You've heard that. I didn't make it up. Well, I've heard it before. I've heard yeah. a lot of words before that I don't say. Okay. I didn't know that we'd added this to the list. I'm sorry. I haven't been updated. I won't say it again. Chris Rock, he had a live special on Netflix this weekend. It's the first time Netflix did a live special. Uh, got really good reviews. Everybody liked it. I have not seen all of it, um, but I did want to watch the stuff about Will Smith because I figured we'd want to talk about it today, and it's all over the news. Okay. So I, I pulled some clips for you, but uh, Selective Outrage, I think that's the name of the special, and he talks about how Will Smith has Selective Outrage. Talks about him being hit. He takes a shot at Jada Pinkett as well, Okay. and he goes after Will Smith pretty good. Y'all know what happened to me. Getting smacked by Suge Smith. Everybody knows. I've got smacked at the Oscars by this mother. And people like, did it hurt? It still hurts. I got summertime ringing in my ear. But I'm not a victim, baby. You will never see me on Oprah or Gail crying. You will never see it. Never gonna happen. I couldn't believe it. And I love men in black. No. It's never gonna happen. No. I took that hit like Pacquiao. Man, Chris Rock is such a legend. Right, I yeah. feel like we're lucky to be living in a time when he's put out a special because I think they're all going to be classics. Uh, he talks about how Will Smith is a lot bigger than him. You know, People were saying, why didn't you hit him back? And he's like, have you seen how big this guy is? He played Muhammad Ali in a movie. Right. I don't, I don't uh, you know, go out for that First part. First of all, I know you can't tell on camera, Will Smith is significantly bigger than me. We are not the same size, okay? We are not. It's got this guy, Will Smith does movies with his shirt off. You've never seen me do a movie with my shirt off. If I'm in a movie getting open heart surgery, I got on a sweater. Will Smith played Muhammad Ali in a movie. You think I auditioned for that part? <laughs> he played Muhammad Ali. I played Pookie in New Jack City. <laughs> I played a piece of corn in Pootie Tang. <laughs> All right, so, you know, look, I never thought, why didn't he hit him back? I thought, right. this is the Oscars. It's not the UFC. Right. But I didn't even think about that, that, you know, people would obviously come up to him and say, hey, why didn't you, you hit him back? You, you should have hit him back. Um, he, he does go on, though, to explain 
why specifically he didn't hit him back. And it's not just because Will Smith is bigger than him. It's because something his mother told him. A lot of people go, Chris, how come you didn't do nothing back that night? Because I got parents. That's why. Because I was raised. I got parents. And you know what my parents taught me? Don't fight in front of white people. <laughs> All right, so there you got that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll definitely watch the rest of it tonight. What do you say about Jada? So Jada, I'm looking for the clips where everything's lost. He, so basically what he said is that uh, Jada Pinkett told Chris Rock back in like 2016 that he should stop hosting the Oscars. She wanted him to quit because there weren't enough black nominees. So they were going to protest the Oscars. Chris Rock says that she wanted him to stop hosting because Will Smith didn't get nominated that year and that that was the real reason that she right. was protesting. He also says that Will Smith... Um, I don't get this wrong, but you can watch me get home. But that Will Smith basically took out his rage on Chris Rock when he was actually mad at his wife because his wife slept with her son's friend. Like he says, right? That. Sure, okay. Yeah, he talked about that. And he's like, so you know that pain or whatever. He's taking it on me, but she's the one who caused it. So he right. goes into you know kind of that stuff. Okay. I didn't know if that was like a true thing yeah, that she slept. Yeah, they I didn't know if that talked was ever, about it. They did. Yeah. Okay. Well, but that it was actually a friend of her son's. Is that? Yes. I didn't know that. I knew he was younger. I remember hearing that. But I, did you know that, Snow Cone? I didn't know that. Okay. So, yeah, uh, no fighting in front of white people. Uh, that that uh, Will Ferrell, or Will Ferrell, Will Smith has a selective outrage. Um, I mean, he really, you know, he gets into the into the details okay. of it. Uh, I heard that the opening talks a lot about wokeness, and so I'll be interested to watch did, that. Did like uh, Will Smith or Jada, did they make any comment about it? Or I haven't no? seen anything. I just saw, you know, here's like, this is from two hours ago, talking about how he roasted Will Smith. Said he also uh, used the set to make a claim about Smith's wife, Pinkett Smith. According to Rock, the girl's trip actor attempted to force him to quit the Oscars in 2016 because her husband didn't get the Best Actor nomination. That year, Smith was being uh, tipped for possible nod for the drama Concussion. Oh, yeah. That? that was but a good he, movie. He ultimately failed to make the list of nominees. Uh, and then he gave me a concussion. That's what Chris Rock <laughs> said. Uh, he also talks about – oh, I have a quote here. I didn't pull the audio. But he said uh, – uh, I've rooted for Will Smith my whole life, and now I watch Emancipation just to see him get whipped. I love it. That's what he says, uh, which was a 20... I never saw it. It was a 2021 movie where he's... Mm-hmm. Run, I, I know I saw the advertisements for right. it, but I never watched it. I never saw Concussion either because that was one of those that came out right after the documentary. Right. It almost looked like they were making an exact dramatization of what we'd just seen That's in the good. documentary. Yeah. I heard that it was actually pretty good. Um, the, the CEO for Jim Farley, he's like, look, when you're driving, everyone's talking about autonomous cars. It'll drive you wherever. He's like, you know, we're not there yet. He's like, what we could do is how many times have you been in your car and you're on the highway and you're like, boy, I'd really just like to take a nap right now. And he's like, that's what we want you to be able to do. Forget about full autonomy. Maybe when you get on the highway and you're cruising on cruise control, just go to sleep. The bigger opportunity for us, irregardless of the time frame, is eyes off the road on highway driving. We feel like that is such a big unlock for customers. Think about your daily commute and being able to go to sleep in your car or whatever on a sunny day on the highway, you know, what an unlock that is for customers. We just got more excited about that than, you know, a fully autonomous fleet of vehicles uh, someday in the future. So a lot of these cars, like GM has Super Cruise. I don't know what Ford's is called, but when you watch the reviews, the, the, the testers, the journalists, whatever, they talk about how when it's on the highway, at least with GMs, a lot of times you got to be on the highway. It's a mapped road. Then when you do it, like, it's driving the car. It'll, it does everything. But you just, you, they don't want you to look away yet. They want to make sure. I think you have to touch the wheel every right. however often just to make sure that you're awake, but that it does okay. p- perfectly. So, And if you drive any new cars, a lot of those cars have lane keep assist. Have you guys driven cars with that? Yeah. Um, 
you know, like I rent, we rented a Ford Explorer to go to Florida at Thanksgiving and it had all that. So when you're on the highway, if you took your hands off the wheel, it's not even technically autonomous, it's just using little cameras to look at the lines, but it turns the wheel yeah. for you. After a while, it shakes like, hey, I'm like, dude, I'm touching it, but you're doing a better job than I would. Right. Honestly, I, I'm trying to keep it straight in the road. You know exactly where we are. It seems to work pretty well. So uh, the idea of, of sleeping in your car is so kind of crazy to us just because we grew up with cars. Obviously, you got to be awake to drive. But think about how many times you've flown somewhere or whatever. And let's say, like, okay, perfect example. I went to the um, auto show with my brother in, like, 2016 in Detroit. We flew there, and then we were done with the auto show Saturday night. And it's like our flight isn't until tomorrow at 2 p.m., but we don't really have anything else left to do. And you got to get to the airport so early anyway. If we'd had an autonomous car, we could have got in the back of that car and slept and drove all the way back to Kansas yeah, City to sure. sleep. And just been back. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Been back mm-hmm. by morning. Like, oh, I right. slept the morning. That's a game changer. Yeah, for sure. Total game changer. All right, Snow, can we got to take another break? Yep. All right. It's the Church of Laszlo. Yo. Yo. All right, what's going on? Well, this is not a list that I would want to be on. Okay. But I love that someone put this together because, uh, what is this? It's for the website. Oh, Eat This, Not That. You know that website? Yeah. Okay. So they put this out. It says, the 10 worst celebrities to serve in a restaurant. According to servers, mm. so who are the ten worst celebrities? That's okay. Good. Yeah. In my mind, I think of um, what's the late night host guy that we talked about who got in trouble for? Oh yeah, food Corbin. Co- yeah, James, James Corbin. Corden. Gordon. Okay, and then um, who's the the movie star? She was real famous. She hosted the Oscars with uh, with uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, Jesus, Seth Rogen's best friend. He used to be his best friend. Has a little brother, James Franco. Franco. Remember when Franco hosted the Oscars with Anna something? What was her name? In Hathaway, right? Okay. I've yeah. heard she's the worst. Yeah. Have you heard that before, too? I feel like I have. I've heard those I stories, and I've heard she's a real prima donna or whatever, and then it hurt her career. I could buy that. I don't know. But okay. I also could see that if something gets started like that, the ball gets rolling. Sure. Then people just add to it, which would suck if you're a celebrity. Like, I'm trying my hardest. But the first one on the list is Anna Wintour, and I don't know who that is. Me neither. It's the editor of Vogue. Snowcone knows. The editor of Vogue. Is she on TV? How do you know that? It's just she's just a well-known person. She's like the most important person in fashion. You see her constantly. Okay, well this says you you recognize her if you saw her. A and I'm looking at her. I don't recognize her. A N N A and then W I N T O U R. Win tour. Uh, Anna Winter is a British journalist. Snowcone's very confident. Based in New York City. Oh yeah, served as an editor in chief of Vogue since 1988. A global chief content officer. Condé Nast? Condé Nast. Yeah, yeah hey, I mean, so, yeah, so the, someone said on Twitch, and that's right, she hosts the Met Gala. Like, that's her thing. I don't really know what that is either. You I've know heard what it. the Met Gala I've heard is. of it. I don't, I don't know what they I don't know what. I don't know what's happening. If you told me it's a fashion show, I believe it. If you told me it's to raise money for charity, I believe it. If you told me it was an art show, I don't know exactly what it is. I know people get dressed up. Right. right? Yeah. Isn't that what? Well, I don't know what they do there, though. Me neither. Did Kim Kardashian wear Marilyn Monroe's dress to the Met Gala? Is that I what think it was? So. Okay. So it says here, according to this. Um, when dining at a restaurant, Anna Wintour has been described in depth as, quote, absolutely horrid and rudely. Oh, well, apparently the Devil Wears Prada is about yeah, her. Yeah, Devil Wears Prada is based on her. Oh, uh, well, go. you should have led right. with that. Now I right. understand. Okay. So they've got her on here. They say that she's uh, n- not a fun person to serve in a restaurant. Uh, next on the list, James Gordon. Okay. We already know that story, right? It says mm-hmm. in October 2022, comedian and TV host James Gordon was banned from a New York City restaurant. Uh, according to the reports, he shouted and berated at the staff over minor mistakes made with dishes served to his wife. The owner of the restaurant, Keith McNally, took to Twitter and called Gordon um, a tiny cretin of a man. 
and reported that it was not the first time Corden had been unpleasant in his establishment. Now, as I recall, they like settled that on Twitter, right? Didn't they make nice? And James Corden like went oh, on t- yeah. went on his show and sort of apologized, mm-hmm. tried to downplay. I just said I wanted to send it back. You're like, yeah, okay, whatever. So he's on the list again. These are worst celebrities to serve in restaurants, according to servers. Yeah, is Jackson Mahomes on that list? Did you guys see that story? Yeah, yeah. I but this list, I, I mean, I saw it today, but I'm guessing they probably put this together before yeah. that. Uh, Chloe Kardashian is on the list. Hmm. I also don't know which one Chloe is unless you show me a picture. I know Kim. That's OJ's kid. Okay, mm-hmm. I know Kim. And I know who's the youngest? Who's the model that doesn't have the kids? Either Kylie or Kendall. Yeah, Kendall, right? Kylie. I know Kim. Yeah, and everyone knows Kim. Right. She's a celebrity. She made her whole family rich. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, you know, they were rich, but mm-hmm. she made them real rich. Good for her. Chloe Kardashian, apparently. Now, the next one does not surprise me at all. Drake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it says Drake is, at the time of this writing, apparently worth about $260 million. That's according to Ledger Note. Mm-hmm. So he can afford to pay his dinner bills, but according to one server who shared uh, the subreddit, uh, Server Life, uh, the person said, Drake did not want to pay the full amount we charged because we charged him a room fee for keeping the restaurant open four hours after we closed. He argued with our GM and finally paid the full amount with no tip. I don't understand how you can be worth $260 million, this is me talking, and argue about a dinner bill. Right. Hey, maybe that's why you're worth $260 million. I don't know. I don't know. I see him. He bets all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bets on fatherhood, bets right? Bets on fatherhood. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't really like that guy, and he seems kind of like an ass, but he's just going to yeah. see stuff like That could be a good example of things snowballing, right. and then they're just like, oh, let's add to that. Gwyneth Paltrow is on the list of worst oh, people to serve in a restaurant. It seems Gwyneth Paltrow has spent a bit too much time in the proverbial ivory tower and has forgotten that other people are, well, people. One person who served her um, said Gwyneth refused to speak with the help and ordered via her assistant. Hmm. Based on that post, a heap of additional ire aimed at Paltrow followed in the comments. A lot of people who claimed that they had served her and that she wouldn't talk to them. She was rude. Uh, Usher, never would have thought in a million years that anyone no. would be talking about Usher. What's wrong with but him? He's What's on the list. Says, a notorious bad tipper if he tips at all. That's according to the richest. Usher is also apparently the type who thinks he's better than the rest of us. Per server sharing on Reddit, Usher refuses to speak directly to servers, having his staff speak to him, speak to them, and acting as liaison, liaisons when someone needs to convey a question or a message to the singer. I don't, I don't understand that at all. You're, imagine you're worth a bunch of money and then you're at the restaurant like, I'm not talking to that server. Right. Well, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid it's going to hurt your image? You ha- Going through a liaison hurts your image. You refusing to talk mm-hmm. to them, like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't get that at I kinda all. I kind of like it. I knew you would. I just knew yeah, you would. He says that, but he wouldn't do it. I, I wouldn't he, do it, but I like it. I don't know. I like the idea. Like, you know, you're what? right. He might do he it. He might do it. But I he's not talk to you. He's not going to argue about the bill. Though. I could see him telling his kids to just order for him. Like, hey, I want the steak. Just go into the server that. Okay, okay, but he's not going to argue about the no, bill. Like, no, 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 no. And he he'll won't argue about the bill. And I know he tips well. Yeah, but I can see him using a liaison to talk to the to the help. Yeah, yeah, I can see that too. Uh, and apparently, <laughs> I try to do that so. with you. Every time, like, just tell my one be like, tell Snoko to do this. That's true. That happened last night. That's true. Yeah, it did happen last night. Again, these are the 10 worst celebrities to serve in restaurants, according to servers. Next on the list is Anne Hathaway. That mm-hmm. was the one I guess says Anne Hathaway may be an accomplished actress, but she has not accomplished the basic human practice of getting over the small stuff. According to a server who shared with the richest, the actress once sent back a simple breakfast order a whopping four times, then finally changed her order altogether. Mm. That's the one I read. It was something about the eggs. You know, she wanted them over easy or post. I don't remember that she kept sending it back. I'm like, how do you keep sending it back? Right. You're a celebrity. I mean, look, if you don't like it, I'm sorry, but if I'm a celebrity, you got to protect your image. Yeah. Just eat the eggs. 
or don't. I don't know, but pay him and leave. Go somewhere else. Now, if you can own the diva thing, like the next person on the list, then maybe it works. But otherwise, I'm afraid that could hurt your career, right? I felt like it hurt Anne Hathaway's career. She was like, she was everywhere. And then all of a sudden, she started getting this bad reputation for being difficult. I feel like I don't see her as much, but that could mm-hmm. just be my perception. But Mariah Carey's next on the list. Oh, I expect yeah. it. Yeah. I expect Mariah Carey to have a liaison to order the she's food. A diva. Sure. She's a diva, mm-hmm. and she's earned it, mm-hmm. right? right? And if she owns it, and she shows up in a fur coat, I'm okay with that. I just feel like you got to own it a little bit. Mariah Carey, according to this, entirely deserves her diva reputation. It turns out one server on Reddit said of the star, quote, she came to my place of work once and was a nightmare the entire time. The way she talked to both her own team and my team was horrendous. Another shared that a family friend had worked for her before that and had been told uh, to not even look at the singer. Don't make Ooh. eye contact. I got you. That's that's <laughs> that's that's a lasso move. I was gonna say. Yeah. Tell yeah. that tell that person not to look don't at me. Look why is he looking at me? Someone goes to hand lasso something. He's like, why did this person no. hand me something? Mm-mm. Next on the list is Tiger Woods. Never would have guessed. Again, no, he seems like a good guy. Right, and we don't know if any of this stuff is true anyway. Tiger Woods, often aloof, occasionally outright rude, and a notoriously bad tipper. Tiger Woods is a very unpopular guest with servers, not to mention with the staff at golf courses and other venues, per comments on Reddit. For references, per Forbes, uh, Tiger Woods is officially a billionaire as of 2022. I've seen a lot of stories saying he's an asshole. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I just thought he seems like this nice guy. And all that, all the documentaries you see, it looks like he's drunk with Michael Jordan right. throwing money around in Vegas. Well, he I've doesn't heard Michael seem... Jordan's an asshole too. I have heard. Well, that. when they hang out with Barkley, I could see them all being assholes, but not like cheap. They don't look cheap when they're rolling into Vegas. Yeah, looks like they're throwing money around to wherever you know. Right. I mean, and all those shots, it's like those three guys together just. Yeah, and we knew we had a problem for a while. Money. Partying a lot. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know we had that reputation at all. Me neither. When you see me, it just seems like kind of like a soft-spoken, nice guy. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it seemed to me like he likes to party. He probably, you know, I, I would actually think it was the other way around. I'm like, oh, him and Barkley are in Vegas. They're just throwing around thousands of dollars. Right. So, you know what I mean? That's right. kind of the vibe I get from me him. Me too. Me too. I, that sucks if he's rude. I didn't have right. that impression of him. Could, could you imagine being raised like that, though? Like a, a dad who's like, this is what you're going to do. You're going to perfect it, and you have to do it. So now your whole life is dedicated to that. Right. And if it doesn't work, then it's like, well... We did this literally your entire life, right. and it didn't work. It worked for him, though. Yeah. So once it worked, he must have been like, that's got to be a mental F. You he's know what I mean? Always like, started. He's probably the kind of guy that's always working. Right. But then there's got to be that, like, okay, I've been doing this my whole life. I made it. But I'm saying there was something going on because he wanted the drugs and the alcohol and all that, right? He had the affairs. Well, the money and all those things in it. But I bet, you he, I bet you that guy never stopped working at golf. Yeah, but... Just like Brady. You're like, oh, you're the greatest ever. And he's like, yeah, but I got to... You know, you're still always like, I don't think that leaves you. Yeah. I think you're always like, I got to go practice. I got to go practice. I got to get better. I got to get better. I got to get better. Right. Yeah. I, I don't just, think it leaves you. I just thought maybe I don't think you ever get to the point where you're like, oh man, I'm great at this. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think those guys are built like that. No, but aren't they, because it's their whole life, I could see how when you get a little bit of alcohol in your system, you're like, hey, right now I'm not worried about golf. This is great. Give me more of this. You know, it's kind of an right. escape. Like, this is what I've thought about my whole life. I don't know. It's just, Interesting to think about those people who've done something like that their whole lives. Right. And then what about the people that it doesn't work out for? What about the kid who's practicing punting footballs in his backyard from the time he's three, mm-hmm. and then he gets on a college team and it's D2 or whatever, and yeah. the dad's like, oh, I'm going to keep practicing, and then nothing comes of it. You know? I mean, well, that's I all you got to college, life. that's... That's something. You know, you're, you got, like you got to, you, yeah. know, you know, you make the high school team as the yeah. punter. Then you, 
go to a college as a punter. Like, those are successes that most people don't get. Yeah, I mean, it worked for the Colquitt brothers, right? I just imagine right. that someone was teaching them to punt in the backyard, yeah, just and they both got good enough. The last one on the list is J-Lo. Said she's a terrible tipper. She once reportedly took back a $100 tip Ben Affleck was offering to a Las Vegas casino dealer. Uh, and a reported model of self-important uh, pomposity, Jennifer Lopez is described as nasty and rude, awful and a total diva by another, and just awful person by a third. Hmm. I don't buy that. J-Lo, Ben Affleck wouldn't be with someone yeah, who's a I diva. Right. I no can see she's, maybe she's got some A-Rod in her. Ah, I, it's Ben Affleck. She's in love with Ben Affleck. She, taught, she did an album about being heartbroken for losing him. Come on, Ben Affleck wouldn't be with someone who acted like that. I could see her having it a little bit, but I don't, I don't trust these unchecked sources at all. Comments on Reddit. Give me a break. Like, who would you imagine as a celebrity would be difficult? I would think Billy Bob Thornton. And, yeah, and, and he Hathaway. said he was. That's I know. Easy. He kind of owned it. But, so I don't know what he's like to servers, but I, I don't think I'd be excited to serve him. Uh, though that's, you know, the guy. Ellen. Oh, yeah. Seems like a real that's pain so crazy that she turned out. I mean, her image that she tried to manufacture for mm-hmm. so many years was destroyed basically overnight. That is crazy. I could see uh, not talking to you, and uh, but still probably tipping fine, but not over the top. Stern. Oh, I could see Stern sitting down and being like, "You're yeah. like, hey, what do you want?" He's like, "Yeah, okay." Oh, you're right. What? I, I'll take this. And you're like, "Can I get?" Right. You right. Might, I could. I, I could, could see, see him doing that, but I could still see him tipping well. Sure. Right, but just not like we don't. You don't need to talk to me. Exactly. If if you were serving him, right. I think if you're thinking, oh, maybe I can have a conversation no. with him. No, you're no, not. No, 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 no. He doesn't have a conversation too. with you. Yeah, Letterman. I Letterman don't... to me in the same way. He'd probably tip you and be fine. It wouldn't be like you'd be rude, but if you're like, hey, I wanted to, I don't. You're not. I don't want to talk to you about my show. Yep, you're right. Uh, I think I'd be too intimidated to even say hi to Letterman. Right. But Leno, on the other hand, I think he talked he you about talked cars. To you for an hour. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. The Church of Laszlo. Yo, yo, what's going on? I'm looking at people, okay, answering a question, and I keep looking for the right answer, and I don't see it anywhere. But the question was they were asking men, what makes or how do you spot a classy woman, a woman with class? Okay. Now the old trick used to be the unlock the door trick, right? Right. A Bronx sure. Tale, but we don't have those kind of locks on our cars mm-hmm. anymore. So, you know, and if you don't know the movie, in the movie, how do you spot a classy woman? Okay. In a Bronx tale, what De Niro said was, you know, you're going to watch. Right. No, it wasn't De Niro. Sorry. It was a uh, palmentary. Yeah. He said, what you're going to do is you're going to watch. You're going to go open the door for her. Let her in. You're going to walk around the back of the car. If you see her reach over to unlock yeah. the door, then she's good. Right. If, if you she don't, doesn't, then she then doesn't she's care about herself. Yeah. We don't have locks like that on cars anymore. So you have to come up with new things. But I like I have an answer to this. It may not be the only answer, but it's certainly important. Okay. But everyone on here seems to be saying similar things. So, like, the top answer is how to spot a classy woman. They said doing the right thing when you don't have to. It talks about how one time he was walking downtown with a female friend at a crosswalk, and there was an elderly guy with a cane who was moving really slowly and wobbling bad. She walked straight up to him and offered her arm to help him across the street before the light turned. He said, I was very impressed by that. It's good manners. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if she goes over and then pushes the guy down, right. it's going to be, so be a crazy relationship, right? I don't know if that's your thing. But all these top answers are some form of saying manners. Has to have good manners. Sure. Uh, nothing about her should scream because class whispers. Mm. I don't know what that what means. What the hell does that mean? I was hoping you guys could tell me. Um, yeah, they said uh, the other thing you watch out for is like too much fancy trying to be classy stuff. That's actually a sign that you're not classy. Okay. I guess that would be the diva stuff. Sure. Um, being able to uh, 
have good vocabulary. That was one of the top ones. I'm like, okay, well, that's that might be a sign of intelligence. Is that a sign of class? It's a good vocabulary, kindness to others below her social standing, and again, good manners. I scrolled through here and scrolled through here to look for something at least similar to what my answer would be. What would your answer be? I think you... Because this is classy. Right, classy. It's not like uh, good Paul Materi wasn't saying she's classy. Right, that's true. He was saying she's that... A good person. She, yeah, that she cares about you. She's not that's, that's about... It's not that she's classy or not. That's true. Mine was going to be that she has to have a sense of humor. I just, I don't know. I, I guess you could be classy, though, and not have a good sense of humor. To sure. me, you got to have a good sense of humor. That shows... Well, you're talking about who you like. I get what you're saying, but don't you think that that's part of it? Like, what, what do you say for spotting someone classy? I've never gone out and said, Mom, I'm going to go find me a classy girl. That I think never... the way they carry themselves. I think vocabulary, the way they walk. Okay, the way they, they walk, walk with a purpose. The way they dress. You know? Sure, the way they dress, the way they carry themselves, the way they handle themselves in situations. Yeah. Where I think they can go to a, a dive bar and hang out with you, or they could go to dinner with the president and understand that these are two different situations and you behave differently. Right. Right? Right. Yeah. I mean, when I think class. I think those are things where I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know exactly because I get, you know, I'm not classy. I, I guess my family's that. not that classy. When I think classy, like what, years ago, you were going to the ballets, telling me how much you liked it. Yeah, but That's I also true. smoked weed and my, you know, get a, had a dirty room or whatever. I'm sure. I don't. Yeah, I you were know. like, boy, you even yelled at me for not being cultured. As a matter of fact, uh, because you like to go to the symphony, but with black pants on, with white socks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did do that. Uh, but when you think like, sorry, it, you're not cultured, Laz. I'm like, oh, really? You like you like the ballet, Slim? It's interesting. I don't like the ballet. Just six months ago, you were hand fishing, so I don't don't know what to think of you. Right. I like them both. Uh, But I don't (laughs) like the ballet. But if you think who's the ultimate example of class, I don't, to me, in my mind, I think of like first ladies, right? They're always so classy. Michelle Obama, Barbara Bush. Jackie. Uh, Both both Bushes. Wait, well, Laura Bush and Barbara Bush, right? Like different types of classy, though. Yeah, but like Barbara Bush was very classy woman, right? Sure. And then Jacqueline Kennedy is like the ultimate. Yeah. Right. Once you put that scarf over your head. Right. And those sunglasses. Yeah, Jackie O. It's just class flashing off of you. Right. Uh, I don't know exactly what the downside is of being with someone who's not classy. I would think there'd be some benefits to it, you know. Because uh, you said, Lazo, you can go to a dive bar, but also go to a restaurant and yeah. have a 10-course I feel like you could do that with uh, Michelle Obama. Yeah, but could you go with Michelle Obama to the strip club on a Tuesday night? Well, that's not classy, my friend. Exactly. So that's the downside. But I think right? you could go to a regular bar with her. Yeah. yeah. And she could order fajitas yeah. and understand it and have a beer. And But I don't, right? But yeah. I also think she could obviously go to, you know, the president's dinner. So I How did, is that like a gotcha question to me? Like to you? What do you mean? When you asked if you go to the strip club and he said no, and you're like, well, yes, that's the problem. Like, that's I'm saying, like, I said, aren't there downsides to being with someone classy? They're making it sound like oh, you want to find someone okay. classy. And I'm saying, do you? Because aren't there downsides to being with someone well, the classy? The downside is that I'm not you, classy. Your girlfriend goes to the strip club with you? Yeah, I don't know why you always want to bring your girlfriend to the strip okay, club. Okay, then why do you want, yeah. The point that's is, cool. I'm not classy. So that's weird. All right, if I bring home a bag of mushrooms. the strip club one time, he brings his. Wife, forget I, about I the, was there. I like, what are you doing? Forget about the strip club. If I come home on a Tuesday night <laughs> with a bag doing? of mushrooms and I say, "Hey, some stranger gave me these," a classy woman's not going to want to eat those. That's a downside of being with someone classy. But That's Brooke all I'm did. saying. But Brooke did. Sure, I've never dated anyone classy. We're not classy. I'm, no one classy is going to date me. We're not trying to be classy. I don't think. Maybe she'll get mad at me. But I did see someone say 
that, and I thought this was good, that when you meet the person, if she has easy eye contact with you, like if she's able to look you in the eyes, she doesn't seem nervous to talk to you, and anytime you speak, she's looking right at you, like with confidence, that that's a sign of class. I, I agree. Yeah, yeah okay. you've, got, you've got confidence, because I do think classiness, you have to have some confidence, okay. right? I mean, I don't know, is classiness important to you? Is that something like if you're going out looking for something, like i got to find someone classy. I want someone who has good manners. Sure. Obviously. I want someone who treats other people well, right, and is kind sure. to other people. But And you want someone who can be comfortable in any social situation. Right. Right? Right. So you don't want somebody who couldn't go to Chili's. Exactly. But you also don't want somebody who couldn't, you know... Go to your company's, you know, banquet or banquet or right some yeah. some big situation, and you know, every, as soon as tux. they get in, they take their shoes off, and, <laughs> right? You know, get too drunk on the punch, right. dancing on the dance floor, right? Just yeah. out there dancing with their shoes off, you're like right. Jesus Christ, right. right? So yeah, but but somebody who can do both, you're looking for that. It, but if we're being honest, do you want the girl who's dancing with their shoes off? No, you don't like that, right? No. Yeah, snow cone. You go to a company banquet, and there's one girl who's dancing around with dirty feet on the dance floor, and she's been drinking a lot of punch. And that doesn't rule it out. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Certainly right. doesn't rule yeah. it out. The Church of Laszlo. Yo. Yo. That's it, huh? We're done? We're done. Hell of a show there, kid. Yeah. Listen. Well, uh, you did a really good job. You as well. I think. Uh, I'm really proud of you. I'm worried. You said at the beginning of the show you were talking about living alone. Yeah. And how uh, you know you were worried about it first, but then you found out. You know, I like it, it. It actually suits you. Yeah. I was just reading this whole thing about loneliness, and apparently Americans are really lonely. The mm. kids are really lonely. And uh, it basically said that, you know, you need to make a phone call to a friend and have a real-time conversation more often. So you and I should probably call each other once a night. I'm good. I'm just Look, when it's midnight and you're thinking just about texting me. Just consider this a phone call. No, I know, but you're thinking about texting me and saying, what are you watching? Just call me. I'm, yeah. We'll, we'll three-way with Snowcone. We'll have a three-way. We will not do that. You could, there's a way to have a three-way, right? Yeah, we could three-way face face each other. Use our faces three-way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's do that. My God. And we'll say, we'll talk about what we're watching. Snowcone can show us The Bachelor, whatever he's watching. Sure, and we'll, I can just, do that. It doesn't have to be long, it says. It's the quality of the conversation. I like that. That's it. Just say hi and remind each other that we're, that we're friends. Okay. I'll call. I guess I'll be the one that calls. Will you answer? No. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something. I'll, I'm going to go on... Uh, uh, Odyssey Live, and I'm going to call you. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. We're going to see if he answers the phone. So download the Odyssey app and make sure you turn on the notifications. We're going to do that next. You should go on Odyssey Live after the show. Okay, so I'll go on after trouble. the show so you make sure you know how it works. And then tonight... Go on now. So sign up. Go watch him. Yeah. It makes us look good if you watch him. Yes, I don't care what please. he talks about. Yes, get on. Get the app and then... Uh, when are you going to do it? In like 10 minutes or something? Perfect. I'll do it okay. in like 10 minutes and then uh, I'll do it again tonight. Yes. And we'll see if Lazo answers the phone. Got it. Perfect. I won't. Okay. He right. will. Good show, Will Ferrell. Stay positive, kids. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.